Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right. What's going on, everybody? Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover, and this is the Auburn Undercover podcast. We're back. We've been out of commission for a while. Brandon Marcello, who was uh, covering the Auburn beat for us, has left for greener pastures. He's covering the national beat for 24-7 sports, and now I'm going to be helping out a lot with the podcast, and Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover and Inside the Auburn Tigers joins me today. He's going to be doing a lot of them, too. The bottom line is, though, the days of not having any podcasts are over. We're going to start doing them, and we're going to start doing a lot of them. And hopefully, they're not going to suck too bad, Jason. That's always, <laughs> that's always the goal here. Uh, and, but uh, in this edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast, we're going to do what you and I know best, which is recruiting. Well, we'd like to think we do. You can never entirely have your arms around Auburn football recruiting, but we're going to try. And uh, so we're going to start off with a class overview. Then we're going to tell you who we think the next player to commit is going to be. Jason's going to give a, a video highlight breakdown of that prospect. And then we'll take some questions too. But we start things off by kind of doing a, a, just an overview, a reset, whatever you want to call it, of where the Auburn class is right now, Jason. Ten commitments. And as we record this on the 29th of June, 2020, 10 commitments, the number 25 national rank, which is seventh best in the SEC, um, an average rating per commit of 90.57, which is excellent. That is above the four-star threshold of 90.00. So they're at 90.57. Good, solid commit. You're addressing your needs. You've got a quarterback. You've got a good, an elite running back. You're getting players across the board. Um, and so overall, it's a nice class. And again, 25th doesn't sound like much when, you know, in all but two of Gus Malzahn's classes at Auburn, Jason, they've been in the top 10. And quite frankly, you could argue that one of the ones not in the top 10 might have been the best of them all. But they're always right around the top 10. We suspect they're going to be there at some point as well. But it wasn't that long ago, just a couple of months ago when Auburn was 50th in the rankings, now up to 25th, sitting in a much better spot. Do you feel like they're addressing their needs and really what stands out about this class right now to you? Yeah, I think the thing you, you start with for me is you're talking about needs. That's exactly what you start with. And, and I, in, any, in any class, you, you're going to have a quarterback. And Auburn had a big need at quarterback. And so getting Demetrius Davis was huge. I think you look at him, he could be one of those guys that's like a Pied Piper for a class. We've already seen him kind of have some impact in the state yeah. of Texas. And Auburn's been hitting the state of Texas really hard with Chad Morris doing a, a good job. Some of the other staff members kind of helping out. But Chad Morris kind of running point in the state of Texas has so many contacts. He knows so many people in that state. So kind of start with that quarterback spot. But it had to be offensive line. We've talked about offensive line, the lack of offensive tackles for years. And you look at this class, the potential at those positions. I mean, you know, you start looking at Jamarian Gooch is kind of the, the first guy on the board. You know, 6'8", 330-pound offensive tackle. Reminds me a lot of a, a – a guy like Marcus McNeil that when I saw him in high school, same kind of guy that you see, big, long, athletic kid that as he continues to get in better shape, you, you see the guy that has a ton of potential. But, you know, Garner Langlow, really interesting. Caleb Johnson. Then Jaden Roberts is a teammate of Demetrius Davis. They got four big offensive linemen in this yeah. class. And, and you had to go quarterback, offensive line help, 
They're still going to need more help on the offensive line. They're recruiting more guys there as well. But to me, you had to start at those two positions, and I think they've done a good job. Yeah, I had some great drop-ins there. I think I said, yeah, like three times. That was my great analysis. Uh, look, I, I agree with you. And the offensive line, the four commitments averaged like six feet, six and a half inches, and about 305 to 310 pounds. These are big old dudes. And I've had a lot of people asking me about that, if that's the new direction. And I just, I, I can't say that it is or it isn't, but there are four of them and they're all pretty big. So, you know, I, I haven't talked personally to Jack McNell, Auburn's offensive line coach about, about, about that, but these are some big dudes, uh, again, addressing needs. You had to do this. And, and all four of these offensive linemen, I, I, look, this year's Auburn team, Jason's got a, a returning very few offensive linemen, at least, at least of the starters, one, one guy, Nick Brahms at the center position. But next year's team, they might have most of those guys back, okay? So they don't need guys to necessarily come in and start in year one. I mean, hey, look, would you take in Amarius Mims, the five-star recruit who has that capability? Tommy Brockmeyer, another five-star? Absolutely. Come in. Yeah, of course you take them, but you don't absolutely have to. You can bring in guys that you can develop. You can kind of mold them the way you want to mold them if you're Jack Bicknell, and they've got that. They've got four monster kids here. Uh, but, Jason, the best kid in the class, Highest upside so far. I mean, Lee Hunter, the defensive tackle, he's got the highest national ranking. He's 56th in the country uh, in the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite, which I got to always tell everybody is 24-7 rivals and ESPN kind of mixed in a bowl, and that's the average. Um, you got Armani Goodwin, top 100 players, a running back. Demetrius Davis, uh, you know, just outside the top 100. Who, who's, the, who's got the highest upside, do you think, right now of all of Auburn's commits? Yeah, I think you look at, you look at Lee Hunter and you go – man, that's a guy that has all the things you're looking for. It's a matter of putting it all together for him. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the key. I, I honestly look at Caleb Johnson. I, I look at that guy because of the position of need for Auburn. I think he's a true offensive tackle. Could he play the right side or left side? I think that remains to be seen. But I think he's one of those guys that I feel like has a chance to play fairly early. And that's, that hasn't always been the case for Auburn's offensive line. I think Caleb Johnson is a guy that fits in really well. And then hey, Armani Goodwin is there as well. But, you know, you look at, at, at those positions, I think we, we talked about offensive line and quarterback. And I think you look at Demetrius well, Davis as the other guy to me. I was going to say, can you pick one? Could you narrow it down to one guy? I think, and say, I, think I like Caleb Johnson. I really okay. do. I think the upside, the potential for him there to be a guy that maybe is an anchor in this class yeah, yeah. Uh, on, on the offensive line because of need, I think he's the guy. Well, what did Lee, Lee Corso always say? Good pick, good pick. Yes. I, I agree with you on that one. I like that one. I don't know if he'd be my choice, but he'd probably be, maybe be my two or three. Uh, the thing about Caleb Johnson, both his parents were college athletes. Mom played volleyball at Ball State. Dad played football at Ball State. And, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine down in college, I mean, you may remember him, Jason, a guy named Mark Whittemore played receiver at Central Florida. Mm -hmm. He married a girl I went to school with at the University of Florida, and she was an All-American volleyball player, and they produced an SEC football player between them. So I, I like that the, the gene pool that Caleb's coming from. He's a monster kid. He's huge, super smart. Um, you know, I, I you know picked Auburn over Penn, Penn State, Notre Dame, Bama. I mean, you know, Correct. he can play. And, and what you get from a kid like that, that, that he has parents that have, have seen and understood what it's taken to get to that level. And so – that's something that's kind of ingrained in, in a kid like Caleb Johnson. So I good, think that's a point, help yeah. that he's going to know what to expect when he gets on a collegiate campus. Yeah, but, but he's not my choice. I'm going to still go with Lee Hunter just because I feel like, you know, Lee Hunter probably played a little bit overweight last year. And, in fact, that's why he dropped in the 24-7 sports rankings. We can agree or disagree. You and I sort of disagree a little bit with that. But, uh, 
Uh, but he's a guy that when he loses the weight, you, you watch the video of him and he, there's explosive natural power that you can't teach. It, he's got some, uh, some of those Duran Payne type characteristics. I'm not saying he's going to be that good. Heck, he, yeah. he could be better. I don't know. But I, I love Lee Hunter's upside. And he is motivated now because he feels like maybe he has been slided a little bit. So he would be my guy, Jason. He's my number one guy, biggest upside. Uh, you know, I like Lee. I watched him you know, play last year against you falling your right. I think he's a guy that I think he's seen – after going back, maybe and watching a little bit last year, seeing man, I I can put myself in a better position, and I think he's done that. Some of the video we've seen of him in workouts during this kind of quarantine time, it's a different kid. Oh That's yeah, not the same guy that I saw last fall. And if he's a guy that carries that into the season, then he's got a chance to be a dominating force on what should be a really really good blunt team down there for Coach Lev Holly. They got a lot of a lot of good players. Well, they got a chance to make a real run. Yeah, I keep cutting you off. I get all excited. I get hyper, like, uh, you know. Uh, but he, you know, you know who else needed to lose weight before he became the player he was? The guy we just mentioned, Deron Payne. Correct. He was a little chubby in high school. In fact, at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, <clears throat> excuse me, I know nobody wants to really sit here and talk about Bama guys, but at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, he was a little overweight, shed that weight, ended up being a terrific player in college. Now, Jason, your, your sleeper of the class there's some good candidates here. Garner Langlow, I know you love. You've talked about him a lot. Landon King, the tight end from Texas. Jamarian Gooch, 6'7 340-pound offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Phillip O'Brien, safety out of Deerfield Beach. You broke that commitment. I've got to give you credit for that one. Tavares Dawson, uh, wide receiver cornerback out of Lehigh Acres. They've got five legit sleepers in this class. All, and when I say sleepers, they're not like low three-star guys. Correct. These are high three-star guys. But in a, at Auburn, you know, high three-star means you're going to have 15 guys ahead of you in the, in, the, in the rankings that are committed to Auburn. So who is your pick of the sleeper of the class, Jason? Yeah, I really love Landon King. I really do because of the – I think where he fits and, and the style of play that, that we expect Auburn is going to kind of move to and throw in the football doing some of those things. But I'm telling you what, after seeing some video of Tavares Dawson, I think he's a guy that has a chance to, to be an early guy on the field I think he could play corner after watching him, the way he breaks on the ball, does some of those things. And, and you get that 5'10", 5'11", athletic guy that could be a kick return guy, that's a chance that has, you know, a guy that has a chance to play really early because that's a position you can jump in and kind of get right going. And Auburn needs help at corner. So I'm, I'm going to go with Tavares Dawson. I mean, you really could take your pick as far as a sleeper in this class of those guys I just mentioned. Any right. one of those guys and you wouldn't be wrong. I mean, nobody talks about Philip O'Brien and he out of Deerfield Beach, Florida. He's, he's literally one of the best players in South Florida. I mean, he's a fantastic player. Landon King is an interesting one. Uh, you know, Auburn, yeah, he's a high three-star from what we're told. And you know, this Auburn gives him like a, a high grade. I mean, they Love think it. he is like elite. Now, he needs to get a little quicker. Needs to get a little quicker off the ball, but he's 6'5", 210, 215, still growing into that body. That should come. And he personally has admitted to me because he said, hey, what do I got to do to be ranked higher? And I said, all right, let me find out. Uh, blocking. He knows he's got to get better at blocking, but he wins so many one-on-one -on -one battles, okay? But the guy I love and, and is Jamarian Gooch, and he's the lowest-rated player in the class, okay? 6'7 358, picked Auburn. In April, April 16th, let's see, January, February, March, April, yeah, 416. I, I mean, you know, have to count on my toes sometimes. 416-20, April 16th, he committed Auburn over Tennessee. In fact, Jason, we're told that some competing sites were sure he was committing that day, like we found out. You got a tip. We both followed up on it. Uh, but people thought he was going to Tennessee, like it was a done deal. 
And he's picked Auburn, and now apparently Tennessee has kind of given up or backed off, gone in a different direction. There were some rumors, some chatter that, hey, watch out for the Vols, even though he committed to Auburn. It's close to home, you know, all that stuff. Uh, But now he says, hey, I'm not even hearing from Tennessee. It's Georgia that I'm hearing from. So they haven't offered him yet, but keep an eye on Georgia there. If they miss on some other guys, they could circle in and, and potentially offer him. But what I like about him is a couple of things. He said, you know why I liked Auburn so much? He said, I, I camped at only a couple schools. I got all these offers. He said, but Auburn offered me after camp. They actually took the time to watch me, and then they offered me. And he said, you know, all these other schools, Keith, they offered me off of my size. And, and that says that this guy understands you got to earn things. Not every kid understands that. When you're no. picking up offers left and right, Jason, why would you think that? You know, so he gets that. And then the frame, obviously, he's massive. He's got good film. I mean, you've watched his film. I mean, I think he's a guy that's going to shoot up in the rankings. And look, you and I stay out of the rankings process. We let our national team do that. But I've heard through the grapevine that this is a guy worth watching. And he'd be my number one. My number two, though, is your guy, Tavares Dawson. Yeah. Ran a 10-5-8 as a, let's see, he's a junior this year. So his last recorded 100 that we know of, I think, is 10-5-8. And I want to say – his best recorded time, that was last year. So you're talking about by the time he gets to Auburn next summer, or spring, excuse me, he'll be an early enrollee. He could be a 10-4 guy. He could be a 10-3 guy. I mean, who knows? And he's down at Lehigh Acres High in uh, uh, Lehigh Senior High, excuse me, in Lehigh Acres, Florida. And, you know, he's probably not getting coached too much on, on speed. He's probably doing it all himself. And I don't want to knock the people down there. But that, that's a smaller area. You know, they know that, that he's not going to get the, the kind of training you would get in college. He's naturally fast. He and that Javaris Davis type size, he can fly all over the field. Jason, he says he's going to get a shot at receiver and corner. I think he might end up being their nickel guy in a couple of years. I mean, he can cover a ton of ground. It's such a valuable position too. I mean, like yeah. you just look at last season. I mean, just think about – the big plays that that Auburn defense gave up, and most of those came with guys that were in the slot. I mean, I saw a thing today that the the most valuable players in the NFL right now in terms of fantasy are slot receivers, and, wow. and that that that's something that's that was unheard of a few years ago, and now yeah. that's the way it is. But you know, I love I love both your picks. Jamarian Gooch is a guy that you see a guy that's six seven and a half, six eight, and he can bend, and and it's not a waist bender. Then that's a guy that that is flexible and and has long arms, all those things. Uh, a ton of upside for Jamarian Gage. All right, quick sub promo here. And, and you know, there's always going to be ads in these shows just to warn everybody. If you haven't heard one already, you're going to hear one. But a subscription promo right now. This podcast is free. We make it available to everybody. But we do have a promo that ends June 30th at, you know, midnight central time or 1159 central time uh, tomorrow evening or what will be tonight, I guess. Oh, let me just say the 30th. How about that? I saved myself here. But it's 50% off the usual price or $1 uh, or one month for $1. So check it out. 50% off the usual price or one month for $1. And, and, I've, and again, it ends uh, 11.59 p.m. on June 30th. But a great deal. You got somebody in your family that loves Auburn. Uh, we got a ton of subscribers. It's a great family, great board. We try to work as much as we can to get you. Look, we know a lot of you don't live in Auburn and, and, and the ones that do have jobs. So we try to be your eyes and ears at Auburn at all times. So we feel like the subscribers enjoy what we give them and uh, we'd like to get more of them because, you know, Jason's got a Maserati he's trying to buy and uh, I'd like to join a country club someday. And the more subscriptions we get, Jason, we get, you know, a little bit closer to these goals. But anyway, next up, Jason, who could be next to commit? Auburn's got 10 commitments, right? 10 good commitments. So who's going to be next on the list? And we've identified one guy and uh, 
It's a receiver. <laughs> and we've been talking about him a lot on the site. And finally, everybody's going to hear how he pronounces his name. And Jason, I think I've got it right. It is Adonai Mitchell. Adonai Mitchell. A-D-O-N-A-L. He's a 6 feet 3, 190-pound receiver from Antioch, Tennessee, Cambridge High School. High three-star in the 247 sports composite, but, but moving up. Uh, his stock is on the rise. And Steve Wolfong, National Director of Recruiting at 24-7 Sports, in fact, wrote a story recently and said, this is a guy to watch for potential four-star. Now, right now, he's committed to Ole Miss, committed on April 15th. He was supposed to visit Auburn in March, but with the uh, coronavirus situation and on-campus recruiting suspended, that was put off. But the Tigers kept working him hard, really hard. And they've identified him as a top target at the receiver position, ahead, by the way, of numerous four-star recruits, Jason, um, we don't think his commitment to Ole Miss is going to last much longer. We do think there's going to be some final resolution here in the month of July. Um, but a guy Auburn really likes, he's uh, very close with Cody Burns, the receivers coach. He's very close with, uh, with Gus Malzahn. He's uh, done a virtual visit with Auburn. He said it went great. Uh, so Auburn and Georgia are battling to flip him. But right now we, we think Auburn has the upper hand uh, sitting in good position for a guy that they really love again, six feet three, one ninety, and can really, really run. And Jason, you've broken down his film. You've, you've kind of really taken a closer look at him. What stands out to you? Uh, I tell you what, the, the first thing that stands out to me is, is, is this, the fluid, fluidity, uh, you know, of him. He reminds me a whole lot of watching a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. when he was mm. kind of coming out and, and going to get into LSU because he looks like he's made from syrup. Like it's just so easy. There's nothing forced with him running down the field. And then he has massive hands. Like he, you know, they're throwing jump balls or doing things. He's a guy that can go up, make the catch in, in, in traffic, do all these things. And you know, they put him at quarterback sometimes and he, he takes a direct snap and he's hard to, he's hard to him up. But, you know, you think about that and you think about a guy that's six three one ninety and doing those things. And that's kind of not your normal thing. Normally they'll put the, the five ten five eleven guy doing some of that, but this is a long athletic kid and, the hands stand out. He's a he's not a body catcher. He catches everything with his hands. That's normally a great sign for a wide receiver, you know, heading into uh, into college. And this guy still got another year high school. Yeah, you got that right now. Any anybody? And, and I'm I, we didn't prepare for this part that I'm about to ask you. But is there a player comparison at Auburn that anybody he reminds you of at Auburn? Um, is he a Darius Slayton type? Is he? Yeah, probably you know, more like Slayton a little bit, just because of the length. Um, maybe not as fast probably, as Darius, you think? Probably or? not the the yeah. top end speed right now, but I think the the length is there. But I think from a hands perspective, I think you know, Darius. That's one thing he kind of developed, got really much better. You know, that junior season, and then yeah. obviously developed it in, in the NFL. But that wasn't his forte. I think I think Mitchell's got better hands. I think he's a more natural receiver, and so okay. uh, probably. Probably a guy in terms of maybe the way he can play, um, contort his body, probably a little bit like Courtney Taylor when he came out, uh, you know, just from a guy that maybe is not the not a 4-3 guy, but he never seems to get caught, never seems to get tackled and makes all these catches because he's such a good athlete. That's kind of who he reminds me of a little bit. A couple of things I want to point out again. I want to be clear about this. He's a high three-star. And I know that doesn't kind of blow the skirts up of a lot of subscribers, Jason, but – we know, we've confirmed this for a while, that he, this is a guy they've had higher on the board than other guys that are ranked higher. And, and you know, that happens a lot. One, they, these coaching staffs do their own evaluations. Uh, so you have that. Uh, do, some of, do some coaching staffs chase stars? Absolutely, they do. But Auburn's evaluations have him rated above, and we don't want to name any names, but 
if you know who the other four stars Auburn is recruiting and you know that they're trying to get this guy bad, eh, you can kind of deduce who those other guys are. But they, they have a high value uh, for him. And then also, I, I, you know, the role that Demetrius Davis is playing in this, you know, he's recruiting him, Auburn's quarterback. I mean, I mean, once again, this is a guy that is invested in this class, that's working hard on guys. Yep. He's FaceTiming these guys left and right. And, um, you know, Auburn's in a really good spot for a lot of reasons. And, and he's kind of helping out. He's, a, he's one piece of the puzzle. I wouldn't say he's the biggest piece, but, uh, you know, Jason, I talked to recruit today down in Florida. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm doing more on him later in the week, four-star safety. Amari Harvey, you know, he says he, he met uh, Demetrius at the Under Armour Future 50 in Orlando in early January. They hit it off. Now they're talking, and, and lo and behold, this kid's strongly considering Auburn. So Demetrius Davis is uh, – uh, I don't think it's any secret that he opened the floodgates really in Texas for starters, but I don't think it's any secret that uh, that they're in, in the game with a lot of these guys. He, he's had a lot of influence here. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of kind of called him the Pied Piper early. That, that, that's kind of yeah, what he's doing. Yeah, he's, nailed you know, it, that, yeah. And, and that's what a quarterback can be in a class. You can have other guys do it, but if you've got a quarterback that plays that role – Man, it just carries so much more weight, and, and Demetrius Davis is doing a great job of that right now. All right. Uh, you know, back to Adonai Mitchell. Uh, you know, Auburn doesn't have a huge – Adonai. I just – I'm telling you how to pronounce his name, Jason, <laughs> and I butcher. Adonai Mitchell. Adonai Mitchell. I'm going to have to say that about 10,000 times. Uh, you know, it took me a while to learn how to spell Malzahn. It was just one of those words that was so tricky to me, and he's German and I'm German. Do you think it would have been natural? But uh, Auburn doesn't have a huge need at receiver, Jason, in this cycle. Probably going to take two, we think. So you got – you know, if you get Adonai Mitchell, 6'3", 190, you would want the other guy to be a slot receiver, right? You'd want the other guy. You, you kind of need a slot in this class, we think. Uh, you got Javaris Johnson still on the team. But they, they like having a, a few of those guys. Uh, Sean Shivers could maybe get some action at the slot, you know, that, that could alleviate some of that for this season. Um, but do you think uh, is two enough? Based on what you know with what Auburn's got on the team, remember they moved two receivers to defense, one of them, being Deshaun Sheffield, who's no longer on the team, and then the other being Matthew Hill. Do you think two's enough? You know, they like to have a lot of receivers. Just yeah, signed four last year. I think it's really interesting because you're right from a number standpoint. The one, the one thing you expect is you would expect numbers to go up for these wide receivers. We're playing with Chad Morris with Bo Nix back at quarterback, you would expect the offensive numbers to continue to rise, and that could potentially put a guy like Seth Williams in line to, to maybe be an early entry guy. Heck, who knows what Anthony Swartz could do? I mean, Anthony Swartz is a guy that has the potential to be a big-time breakout performer in this class. So I think you have to be flexible. I think you have to, to kind of put that two right now in pencil and see what happens. But you're right. I think you, you, you're looking for explosive guys. I think that's the, the first thing. And the thing that I think helps alleviate maybe the need is that you've got a Landon King. You're bringing in um, you know, Brandon, Brandon Frazier. You're bringing in some hybrid tight end players that can kind of help you, uh, even if you want to go four wide and having that flex tight end, you can do some different things in the passing game. But uh, I think you look and the numbers are pretty good, uh, especially with this class coming in. I think Kobe Hudson's a guy that has a chance to play really early. And heck, Elijah Canyon is a, is a guy that I think has a ton of upside that kind of got overlooked in last year's class too. So um, I think the numbers are pretty good, but that could change if you go out there and put up some big numbers in the passing game this year. All right. Well, good stuff, Jason. We got one more segment here. We're going to call it the mailbag, real creative. And, uh, Jason, you take questions from, from subscribers all the time. So do I. So does Mark. So, Mark Murphy. So does Philip Marshall. But we're going to take a couple on the podcast uh, every time we do one, or, or most of the time, anyway. And uh, we've got a question, John from Selma, Alabama, 
who would be the biggest in-state get, the must-get in-state in your eyes? And In other words, who is the guy that you, of all the guys Auburn's recruiting in the state of Alabama in this 2021 class, who's the most important guy? Jason, I'll start that off. Me personally, you got Dylan Brooks sitting out there, the four-star buck. He's committed to Tennessee. Auburn's still recruiting. You got five-star corner, Jaquincy McKinstry, and you got four-star defensive end, Jeremiah Williams out of Birmingham. Ramsey, you and I went and saw him or went to school earlier this year. I'm going to go with Jeremiah Williams, Jason. I, look, you've got – and he'd play the buck position most likely in college. Dylan's already committed Dylan Brooks the same position to Tennessee. Auburn obviously would take both of those guys. They're elite talents. But with Dylan committed to Tennessee, it's not always easy to flip guys now. Could he eventually flip to Auburn? Yeah, it's absolutely possible. Of course, he's an in-state kid. He's about an hour down the road from Auburn. It's possible. But Jeremiah Williams is uncommitted right now, and uh, you don't have to flip him from someone else. Uh, so who's the competition with him? You got uh, Alabama, obviously, uh, but Alabama may be getting ready to land a, a four-star buck from Florida. Uh, so maybe people seem to think Florida's a made, uh, emerging as – as a real legitimate contender here. We talked to Blake Alderman of our Gators site. He says, you know, Florida thinks they're in fairly decent shape right now. Not like they're going to get them, but they, they feel like they've got a shot to get them. Um, but at the end of the day, that Jason, this is a kid that grew up an Auburn fan. He really wanted to be pursued by Auburn. He's, of all the head coaches recruiting him, he's told us, I'm closest with Gus Malzahn than any of them. Um, he seems to be enjoying the recruiting process. We don't think he's going to make a decision anytime soon. Now, if visits keep getting suspended like if there's no visits this fall and the kids are told this in July or August he may just say well look I can't take visits so what's the point of dragging it on but I still think at the end of the day Auburn's going to be right there and he would be the most important of those guys to me uh, I like Jaquincy McKinstry a lot I'm not sure he's a cornerback though I think maybe he ends up being a safety uh, a dynamic athlete in basketball as well Auburn's offered him in basketball but of all these guys the most important one to me, even though Auburn has a great need in the secondary, I just think Jeremiah Williams because those years where Auburn has had pass rushers, third-down pass rushers, they've been very good on defense. The years where Carl Lawson was hurt or they just didn't have that guy and they couldn't get off the field on third down, it just it wasn't pretty to watch. So, I, to me, he's the guy. Who would be the guy in-state for you, number one guy? Yeah, you know I love Jeremiah Williams. I went yes, and watched him play last year in the mud. And you could see the athleticism and the quickness. And if you can get, if you can see that in in a driving rain, um, in a on a muddy field, then to me, I, I like okay, that's what I'm looking for. So I love Jeremy, Jeremiah Williams. I'm right there with you. Um, I think Kool Aid Quincy McKinstry is a guy that has been there so long. I mean, Auburn was was in on him as a ninth grader. They recruited him for basically three and a half years already. I think he's a very important guy. But I tell you what, another kid I went and saw recently, a Kamari Lassiter, a kid from Tuscaloosa, American mm. Christian. Yeah. I was extremely impressed with him athletically on the field and watching him run around. I think you look at Auburn for me as you go, one of those two guys. If you're talking about if you think Kool-Aid's your, your corner there and Kamari Lasseter, I think it, because of that position, because of the importance of Auburn getting you know a top guy in this class, I think Kamari Lasseter, you know, he's not a five-star guy. I think he's a, he's a big-time talent and a guy that is, is underrated right now. So I think one, as long as you get one of those two guys, to me, those are the two guys that I would point to in addition to your, your call of Jeremiah Williams. All right, last question. We got uh, Jack N. from North Palm Beach, Florida. Jack N. from North Palm Beach. Guys, I live on a golf course. Uh, I've played golf for many years. Uh, I really admire 
that you two are such sensational players. Uh, I've, I've always admired your swings. Boy, this guy seems to know a lot about us, Jason. <laughs> Jack N. from North Palm Beach. Um, do you guys think, and apparently this is a non-Auburn question, do you guys think Tiger Woods will win another major and where's his best chance of winning? Obviously off topic here, but Jack N. and North Palm Beach seems to be he's, a little fixated on Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, a little interested in this yeah. one. Um, I, I don't know about you, Keith. I think Tiger's going to win another one. Um, I don't know where. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny that his game is now reverted back to where it used to be the U.S. Open was probably the least likely spot for him to win. Now I think it's the most likely spot for him to win because he's a guy that plays control. He's not a bomber anymore. I did a, a story uh, to, you know, on, on uh, Monday on Pat and Kazire talking about he had to change his game. He got to change the way you think and play the game because these guys are hitting it so long. Tiger has now become um, a guy that, that wants to try to hit fairways and greens, and that, that, that hasn't been the case for him you know, previously. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and to tell you the truth, in that President's Cup, I, was it earlier this year or late last year? It was over the winter. Yeah. When they played Royal Melbourne, which, boy, that looks like an amazing play. Well, Jason, we're going to have to take a trip down to Australia and New Zealand Absolutely. and play someday. Uh, but that was a target golf course. And, man, he was hitting shots, shaping shots, hitting shots, pure, uh, playing that course, hitting the targets. I mean, I, it was unbelievable, especially in that final singles match. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was in complete control of his game. He wasn't overpowering the golf course. He was beating it down the middle and by shaping shots, just phenomenal. Uh, I think he does win another one. I think he may win a couple more. I mean, look, obviously the key to him is staying healthy. I think whether he wins another one or not, yeah. Jason, we've talked about this before. You know, Golf Digest – or not Golf Digest. The Golf Channel is really playing up this uh, total wins thing, you know, where he's tied with Sam Snead. And that's kind of like almost a made-up number. There are some tournaments that Snead won and probably don't even belong on that list. And then there were other ones he won that aren't on the list and probably should be. That 82 number, I've never heard anything about. Tiger never talked about that growing up in the early years of golf. It was all about that 18 majors, him trying to pass Jack. And quite frankly, Jack really has 20 majors when you include the, uh, the two yeah, USAMs. And Tiger, and Tiger has what, uh, 18? We have a couple, of, ju- couple yeah. of junior and a couple yeah. of USAM. Well, I mean, I think Tiger won the USAM three times, so mm-hmm. that would get him one closer. But, yeah, I think he wins one or maybe two more. And then a final comment from Jack N. from North Palm Beach. Keith, I hear you're playing uh, Pebble Beach next week I, I, this guy knows a lot about us jason <laughs> uh, he said try not to hit it right i don't I, okay I, I i guess the oceans there is what he's what he's getting at there jason but that leads me to my final question for you everybody knows we love golf and we're off topic here if anybody's made it this long god bless them top three courses you would want to play i mean you're a southern boy i know augusta's probably number one for you but give me your top three courses Anywhere in the world that you could play, what would they be? I've already played one of mine, yeah, and I'm yeah. about to play the second. But what would your top three be? Yeah, you played one of mine, and obviously St. Andrews would be, you know, that would be on my list of three. Um, and so I think, I think you put that one there. Having been to um, Augusta National and for practice rounds several times, just the mystique of playing there would put it on my list. And then you, know, you, then you look at three, you know, you've got Pine Valley, you've got a bunch of different things, but – Man, it'd be it'd be tough to to not you know to pick a place like Oak Hill or something like mm-hmm. that. One of those mm-hmm. kind of classic courses, and uh, so I, I think you know an Oak Hill, something like that, um, would be something that would be on my list. To, you know, as far as my probably my third. I love Pebble Beach, but to me, I I'd probably pick one of those classic. Yeah. Um, 
you know, tree line course or something like well, that. Well, no, I think you're, you know, you make a good point. That was always sort of the argument is Pebble Beach overrated, people used to say. Is it, is it ranked so high on all the lists because, you know, the dozen or so holes that are on the ocean? And is it a Pine Valley, Oak Hill, Oakmont, Cherry Hills, Hazeltine? Is it one of those courses? And, you know, people have made compelling arguments to both sides. But anyway, enough golf talk for this edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I want to thank Jason Caldwell. Uh, who is going to be doing a lot of these with me. Jason, as you guys know, (laughs) is a fountain of information here, an encyclopedia. And uh, we want to thank everybody for stopping by. We'll do it again soon. Take care, Jason, and take care, everybody out there. Thanks, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.